Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Hey, Ken, did you know that gold is the only currency that's held its value since the dawn of money? Well, I did. Thanks to our friends at Legacy Precious Metals, the most trusted name in gold investing. Investing in gold protects you against inflation and gives you a hedge against stock market volatility. Don't leave your retirement to chance. Call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or download your free investor's guide now at buylegacygold.com. That's buylegacygold.com. This week at Safeway, enjoy big savings with the BOGO sale, where select items throughout the store are buy one, get one free. With this week's BOGO sale, get select meats like Signature Farms 90% lean ground beef or boneless skinless chicken breasts or thighs, buy one, get one free. Plus, select fresh produce items like one-pound containers of sweet strawberries or containers of blueberries or buy one, get one free. Safeway, come in and explore and see what other deals you can find. As we have watched the homeless situation become worse and worse, the talking points have evolved. We're now at a place now where the, quote, advocates, activists, nutty politicians like Mike Bonin are shaking their head and saying, "Uh, uh, uh, uh-uh-uh-uh, this isn't about shelter. First of all, this is housing first, and it's about permanent housing first. We have to build these people real homes, real apartments. We're not going to put them in a tent. We're not going to put them in a shelter. We're not going to even put them in a tiny home. We have to find them real permanent Mm. housing. And on top of that, where they lay. So if they're hanging out in Venice, I don't care where they're from or who they are. They're residents here, and we're going to get them a place to live. Where they lay? (laughs) Yeah, where they lay their stuff. You have have to build a home around them, right? Where they squat, right. Just build a little house right on top of them there. That's where we are today. This is unbelievable. So, you know, you heard the story last year or the year before about an audit of the city of Los Angeles' spending on homeless housing. And there's a report of an $800,000 apartments being built in Koreatown. Now we're going to move over to Venice Beach, still part of the city of L.A. And, of course, ground zero for many homeless problems with people camping on the boardwalk. This report says that they've got a project they want to get approved that could cost $1.24 million per unit. It's known as the Venice Median Project, also known as the Pacific Dell Project, and the Homelessness and Poverty Committee. Um, the city of L.A. Is was was, was yeah. going to be voting on whether to uh, push this forward here. This is a big project of Mike Bonin's. Maybe what? he wants this approved before he leaves office. It's going to cost $1,240,000 per unit. For 460 square feet, built on two city-owned parking lots on Venice Boulevard. You get a million two hundred forty thousand for 460 square feet for a homeless person. I, I, I We're going to talk now to Marjorie Weitzman, who started the Coalition for Safe Coastal Development and apparently is well aware of this uh, project and give us more information on it. Uh, let's get her on. 
welcome, oh, Marjorie. Yeah. How are you? This this is <laughs> Hi, this is hard to believe. I mean, what, what oh, the way we, yeah. what, the way we described it is that correct? I, I just can't you believe are... it. Sadly, incredibly correct. It is $1,249,000 for a 460-square-foot average unit, a block from Venice Beach on the historic Venice Canal, as you do, as you do in Venice. Um, yeah, it's, it's massively overpriced. It's the most expensive affordable housing probably in the world, definitely in the state of California. And uh, Mike Bonin is pushing this through. He skipped important meetings. He had a meeting last week for the DDA, as they call it, which is the Disposition and Development Agreement, which basically means they are disposing of this last open space in Venice, this valuable land for a 99-year lease at a dollar per year. And after 55 years, it may not even be required to be affordable. So. That's where we're at in Venice. So it's 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 140 units. Is this being paid for out of one of the taxes that they raise for homelessness, or how are they uh, financing this? They've they've got a whole different of funding sources. They won't disclose those really until they get ready to build it. Um, the important thing to know on this project as well, they are destroying four units, four perfectly good affordable units of four longtime Venice residents. They never had to use this three acres. It's a three-acre lot. They could have used a portion of it. They could have used some of it. When this was first pitched, Mike Bonin actually came to my home and pitched it as a 90-unit um, place where we would have battered um, women and HF foster kids. And we're like, okay, 90 units, we can handle that. Turned around and made it 140. And he's keep going, gone, going ever since. The, the critical thing is he's not looking at the environment at all. There's no environmental review on it. And we're in a flood zone. We're in the tsunami escape zone. And this is a very well-used parking lot from anyone who comes to Venice Beach. If you go there on a sunny day, it doesn't even have to be a weekend. It is packed with Angelinos who come to use Venice Beach. But Mike Bonin saw this as a feasible place to build affordable housing. And they actually, what makes affordable housing affordable is the fact that you can actually minimize the parking. They can't do this here. They have to build parking as per Coastal Commission, add parking for residents now, and for commercial use, which nobody ever asked for. They're supposed to be building affordable housing, not a 68-foot lookout tower. They're having, they're, they have features of this that are unbelievable. It's a 68-foot tower. They have an art center and predominantly a parking garage that they now have to replace. Uh-huh. For Mike Bonnet to say that this parking lot was underutilized, he's now replacing it with a $20 million parking tower that has to have mechanical lift parking in order to accommodate every spot that they need for Coastal Commission. It's nuts. It's just nuts. What, what now, percentage now is this, of you... Now, is this technically homeless housing, or are you calling it affordable housing? Are they going to actually be charging people a very low amount to purchase or rent these units? Well, it's a real good question. It was pitched to us as affordable housing that this would solve the problem of all the homeless people you see on the beach. In fact, only seven of these units are for extremely low-income units. Everything else, half of them, 68 units, will be permanent supportive housing. The rest can be for people making up to $90,000 a year. So I know school teachers and, and, and people working around here, 90000 is a lot. 
So I think this is Bonin's entree into kind of going more moderately into upgrading housing or making housing for everybody a block from the beach. But that's not what was pitched. That's not what Triple H was voted to build. So they're going to use Triple H tax money to build apartments for people making up up to $90,000? Yeah, actually, I don't think they have any Triple H money left, but that's how it was pitched to the community. It was definitely presented as such, but now they're using a bunch of different funding sources that change every pro forma. Who's the developer um, so, on this? Yeah, how did we come up with $1.24 okay. <laughs> Well, what it is, it's it's Venice Community Housing, who's never had a project larger than 20 units, who is being backed by Hollywood Community Housing. So the two of them are doing it together, and they are claiming the cost of the units themselves are 62497 But what they didn't factor in is the cost of the land. They're saying the land is valued at $3 million. This is prime beachfront property a block from the beach minimal it's 70 million so adding on that 70 million plus the 20 million for the parking is what gets you up to 1.249 bonding will hide that cost and tell you we're out of our minds but there was never a need to replace this parking but i mean it it is is it it, 70 million is what these organizations are going to pay using tax money Tax money, absolutely. We pay for it three times. This is this is open space. This is Venice open space that we are now. But I mean, the city, well, the city owns the land already. They the, own the land and they're leasing it back for a buck a year. That's how. But and they're uh, they're leasing it back, and because they're leasing it back, they feel that this does not qualify for anything in terms of pricing. But this is city-owned land. This is our land. That's seventy million dollars that they're taking. Much like they're taking the historic bridge. They're commandeering a 100-year-old historic bridge in between these two massive units and using it as a design feature for these buildings, not as an access point to the beach. This is a prime access point where pedestrians, bicycles, cars went over that bridge. Anyone, we've had a lot of people come out and see it. Rick Caruso came out. Karen Bass came out. Nobody can believe they would build this in this spot. It's basically a big bathtub. It's a FEMA, the FEMA-designated <laughs> flood zone. You look up and you see a big angle where the ocean would come in. And the event of a tsunami with this ridiculous parking structure they had, it's a death trap. You have people in there who will have to wait for their cars to be that late and brought to them before oh, they can leave all at once. It's um, even the, head, the department chair of uh, DOT. DOT is actually going to be running that parking separately. And um, the, uh, he had main, major concerns about it. We just uh, entered that on record today. We had a plum hearing today where they actually, of course, pushed it through. We'll be going back to council tomorrow for the DDA again. And these hearings themselves are ridiculous. I, I claim to I talk a little fast because I'm used to talking in one minute sound bites. We get one minute to comment on our future in Venice. <laughs> and that's how these council hearings work. They're absolutely absurd. They're built to support the person who's promoting the project. People still have this ridiculous blonde, blind faith in Bonin, though he's nothing done nothing but destroy our town. We have a current lawsuit, actually. That yeah, I heard that. Yeah, you have a lawsuit Bonin. against us. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, Marjorie, uh, we, yeah, is, we appreciate you coming on. This is uh, quite it, the... Insane. It's just flat-out insane, every bit of the have story. Have back, and I'll tell you all about Bonin's, uh, what we got Bonin for in his lawsuit. It's really quite interesting. We, we will. We'll talk with you again soon. Sounds great. I appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you. Uh, that's Marjorie Weitzman, who uh, started something called the Coalition for Safe Coastal Development.
She's been fighting this Bonin project, which we just mentioned. It's 140 units being uh, pushed off as affordable housing in Venice. $1.24 million for a 460-square-foot unit. Mm-hmm. That's Some of the mind-boggling. Go to the homeless. So a, a homeless person, you know, coming from Texas with a meth addiction, wins the lottery, gets a uh, apartment built for him for a million and a quarter. All right, we got more coming up. John and Ken, it's really infuriating. I need a drink. Well, uh, you know, we talk about the homeless and, of course, this big project going up in Venice, which could cost $1.24 million per unit. It's being challenged by lawsuits. It hasn't been completely approved yet, but it'll be... Part of the legacy of Mike Bonin, who you know, who subscribes to this belief that uh, if you squat somewhere, you live there. Who's the developer? Permanent housing. Who's making the profit on this, and what's uh, his relationship to Bonin? Hmm. I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, we'll have our uh, guest on again someday. We should have uh, an investigation uh, to see if there's any uh, payments, political payments. Well, uh, comes a story in the El Segundo Times that UCLA researchers have. I, we got the answer here. They have developed a brand new predictive tool. It's an algorithm to figure out whether you're going to fall into homelessness. Hmm. And then before you fall into that ditch, the outreach people get there really fast and they catch you. And they make <laughs> sure you don't fall into the homelessness pit. Do they pull the needle out of your arm? I. Uh, According to this story, there are at least 50 factors. The best models require somewhere between 150 and 200 factors that have to go into this algorithm. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? I could come up with a few off the top of my head. Are you working? Are you addicted? Are you addicted? Do Are you, you a drunk? You have untreated mental illness? There, you, It's about four questions. That covers most of the homeless. Do you have no friends, no family, nobody? Yeah. Yes. Are you, no supportive group anywhere? Yeah, well, usually these people have driven off everybody they know because of their addictions, mental illness, and uh, bad behavior. You don't need 150 inputs. God, everything in government, they makes it so ridiculously complicated. Then they declare themselves experts. You, you, uh, here's what they, they use 500 factors for L.A. County. <laughs> and here's what some of them are. Who's been in an emergency room? Who's been booked in jail? Who's suffered a psychiatric crisis? Who has gotten cash aid or food benefits? And who listed a county office as their home address for the program? Yeah, that gives you a good idea that they're already homeless. <laughs> wow, aren't they geniuses? Look yeah, that's that. it. They That's don't a have tough a factor to use. Right? I bet you they're homeless. <laughs> they don't have oh. an address. Oh, a good point. They found out that the people at the highest risk are actually not the ones enrolling in typical homeless prevention. Pro- I didn't know there were homeless prevention programs. What do those? You know what that is? You pay the rent. You go work and you pay the rent. That's homeless prevention. Yeah, you act do responsible you, for do yourself. You, do you have to be taught that? Did these people have parents? You're supposed to figure out how the world works by watching your parents the first 20 years. And if you see them writing a check every month uh, to pay the rent or to pay the mortgage, there's your clue. That's how you stay uh, out of homelessness. Any day now, and I was expecting this, well, it usually comes in June. They're going to release their new homeless count for L.A. They haven't done that yet. San Diego did it. Orange County did it. I think the Empire did it. Whatever it is. But L.A. and L.A. County has not revealed their homeless count numbers. I think they're still... uh, 
<laughs> still counting. Them. Yeah. Yeah. How can we erase some of these? No, uh, I mean, this is really simple. This is, I, there's no need for 150 uh, or 500. 500 factors. 500 factors. For God's sake. Do you know if you just do a few simple things in life, it's nearly impossible for you to fall into poverty, let alone homelessness? It's just impossible because it's not that hard to do the basics and at least keep a roof over your head. It's not hard. No, I, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. I think I've read studies that as much as 75% of people still live within a certain radius of where they grew up. Oh, it's true. Yeah, it is true. Oh, I, I, and think... that's part of the problem. If you're not cutting it, if you can't afford the housing, you can't get a job to afford the housing. You, you gotta move on. Mm-hmm. You gotta find a new place to grow your life. And I don't think people do that. And they get caught in a rut. And then, yeah, before you know it, maybe they're drinking and using drugs, and it spins out of control. And suddenly, they don't have a place I mean, to I mean, live. I mean, really, if, if you do, if you go to work, and then. Don't do drugs and booze. How do you? How could you end up homeless? It's impossible. Just go to work and then you take some of that money to pay the rent. I mean, that's the end of the handbook. I probably should put that in a book form and uh, I could uh, make a million dollars. Four steps. This story picked out a guy by the name of Anthony Padilla Cordova. That's a great one. He got out of state prison during the pandemic. Well, what do you think that was? That was all the COVID release stuff. And he was trying to stay off alcohol and drugs. Drugs. He finally got into rehab because he got arrested again because of his drinking. Oh, my gosh. Here comes the long story. They moved him into a sober living home, but his life felt precarious. <laughs> his life felt precarious. Right. <laughs> he did pick up some work as a prep cook and a dishwasher, but he didn't have his driver's license and blah, blah, blah. So he has to get on a bus to go to jobs as far as Irvine. Wow, see, this is how it begins. They end up in this complicated web. And they always got a, a lot of excuses and a long-winded story, and every decision is a bad decision. No impulses are controlled. Wow. Well, so the, the caseworker, oh, look at that. They got him a breathalyzer so they could put it in the car so he could legally drive again. I guess that was one of the conditions of getting his mm-hmm. driver's license back. <laughs> they gave him gift cards for groceries. They gave him some stuff from clothing and shoes to wear to work. These are just preventive workers. As if he's eight-year-old. I know. You're exactly right. This is what frustrates me. I didn't do all that stuff. You have to make people responsible. I know. No. What is this guy's age? 30-something? What is this? He's 29. I used to tell uh, my sons all the time, do it yourself. Do it yourself. I, my wife and I used to go round and round. She'd want to help him more. I go, no, let them do it themselves. I go, we're going to be dead one day. They got to figure out how to live uh, on their own, make man, make make the right decisions. I, I don't understand this. How do you grow up? I, really, how do you become an adult and not know how to do the basics? How does that happen? <laughs> All right, we got more coming up. John and Ken KFI. Well, the ballot harvest thing is coming in in L.A. Karen Bass is edging ahead of Rick Caruso. Oh no! Yeah. What do we got? They put out new numbers? Yeah, they put out new numbers. Just came in. uh, I told you this would happen. 15 minutes ago. She's now winning 41-38.
Oh, I mean, no. it, it doesn't matter, but it shows you that this uh, this suspect ballot harvesting mail-in system produces waves. Yeah, these are also provisional ballots and all the rest of the crap. People that sign up to vote the day of the vote, yeah. it's all in the same basket of nonsense. It's uh, mail-in ballots, and there's more mail-in ballots they haven't counted yet. Another update's going to come Friday. Um, but it's it's going to be a it's going to be a tight race. They they still only have 72 uh, 73% of the vote in. But the the uh, other day I saw 72 point something. Well, they the times did not update their numerical total because mm-hmm. in the article they have Bass winning 4138 and in their in their scoreboard they still have Caruso up 4139. So it no. was 72, it's more now. Well, uh, is she going to inch her way to 50%? <laughs> That's the joke I made the other day. I, if they I still have twenty eight percent of the vote to count. Yeah, I. Uh, no, these are all these are all the people who never used to vote because they they didn't care enough to to get in their car or walk to the uh, voting station. Right, and, and now it God, takes so much to get them to vote. Their votes always come in late with mail in ballot harvesting. Who the hell knows who this is? These yeah, are dead people voting. They can receive the ballots like three days after Tuesday. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, they just got them, and they have to sit there and sort through them and validate signatures and all that crap. We, we told you yesterday, an independent organization says California is 49th in voting integrity. Yeah. We've got so many wacky laws. We're just about the only state in the union that doesn't require voter ID. All right. We're learning day by day that last week's Summit of the Americas in Los Angeles is now being renamed Summit of the COVIDs. Uh, There's a super spreader. Congresswoman Maxine Waters has announced that she has tested positive again for COVID-19. She was at the summit. The Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau also announced he tested positive again. This is the second time he's had coronavirus. Oh, and he's Mr. Shutdown Guy, too. Xavier Becerra also (laughs) tested positive for the second time in 30 days. Really? Yeah. He got it twice in one month. That guy has no immune system. Uh, All of these people attended. How does Biden avoid this? I think Trudeau Uh, even spoke to Biden. I don't know. Kamala Harris got COVID, but not at the summit. She got it before that. Uh, I don't know how. uh... Well, I don't think people talk to him very long because he just stares at you. Maybe they keep him away from people you because have they're have... afraid he'll just start babbling. Well, you can't have a long conversation with him. I mean, he stands there going, huh? Eh? Well, today he went before a friendly crowd. Oh, it's even described that way. A friendly crowd of union supporters. The AFL-CIO convention in Philadelphia. And he started, <laughs> he started talking about the great economy we have. Uh, and blaming the Republicans for blocking his ideas on inflation and how to deal with inflation. <laughs> Democrats control Congress. This, they, they do. The Senate, con- though, is probably what he's talking about. But, but, but there's no ideas to control inflation. I, I don't He's had none. What's the idea? I don't know. Um, you, you, he just started babbling. Stop today. printing money. The, uh, he acknowledged that inflation is sapping the strength of a lot of families. Thanks. Um, 
He says it's been made worse by Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Great, thanks. You're still trying that one. <laughs> Jobs are back, but prices are still too high. COVID is down, but gas prices are up. Our work isn't done. It's just like a nonsense generic speech. Did you see the whopper he told uh, in a speech? Oh, that was the Naval Academy graduation yeah, he, speech. He, he went to the Naval Academy. For the, yeah, it was last week, but they unearthed a, a well, lie they, about... Well, they, they, he claimed he was appointed to the Naval Academy in 1965 by Senator Caleb Boggs of Delaware, but they searched Boggs' archives and they can't find uh, any evidence to back that claim. It also makes no sense because he'd already graduated by that time. He was, he was he already graduated the University of Delaware, and he was headed to Syracuse Law School, and there's no uh, graduate program at uh, the Naval Academy. Hmm. So there's no reason to be nominated. He just he just made it up. Now, Trump made up a lot of crap, too, so this is what politicians do. I know, but he's really, really compulsive. I mean, claiming he got, he got nominated to the Naval Academy? Get out of here. Uh, meanwhile, uh, guess who showed up? for a speech today in Moscow. Yeah, Vladimir Putin. And uh, the pictures and the video coming out show him very shaky. He's rocking back and forth as some Russian filmmaker accepted a prize. He then took to the podium and appeared to shake before both legs buckled, forcing him to grip the stand. Uh, did, did doctors you, uh, have been telling him to cut down public appearances. I studied the video. Oh, you did? I did, because there's been Like some... uh, the Magruder film? Or... Yes. <laughs> Zapruder. Oh, Zapruder film, right. <laughs> the Magruder film. Magruder was a different one, yes. <laughs> Zapruder <laughs> film of the JFK assassination. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I wanted to see, because there's been all these stories, you don't know what's propaganda. I'm sure the Ukrainians are putting out a lot of uh, uh, dirt about Putin that may or may not be true. But yeah, he, his legs were like wiggling around there while he was standling, standing, and his, uh, when he was standing at, uh, with his arms at his side... His arms were trembling, and he was looked like a, he looked like he was gripping the podium tightly. Yeah, there was something going on there. There was a lot of excess movement. Yeah, I'm watching it right now, and one leg is kind of shifting. Oh yeah, his knees kind of moved, lurched forward. As yeah, that's speaking. That, that could be Parkinson's. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any question. He's got a health problem. I mean, he's only seventy. He's not that old, but um, it's it's boy, does he look pale? I'm looking at a full-color photo. Holy mackerel, maybe they put makeup on him because it was on TV, but he looks really, oh, really had... pale. I thought he was going to undergo some type of uh, operation. No? Well, um, I don't know. I mean, he, he, he might have Yeah, it says here, of... he, oh, yeah, he reportedly underwent, quote, successful cancer surgery and is recovering following advice from medics that treatment was essential. Surgery? Because I yeah. thought he had a blood cancer. Well, which you have to know. treat. There's not really a surgical procedure for that. There's no way to know any, if any of these stories so, are even remotely true. But if you look at a video and it's supposedly not doctored, you at least get the idea that uh, yeah. something might be wrong. And then they're re-showing the one where he, he met uh, the British. Oh, I think it's one of the Baltic country presidents and his hands was all shaken and his leg is rocking. That looks like Parkinson's symptoms. Yeah, that's the best we can hope for. The stories coming out of Ukraine every day is that the Russians have pretty much taken the eastern part of the country. That may be all that they're going to end up trying to do. So, 
All right, we got more coming up. John and oh, Ken. Wait a minute. One last detail. What? Reports that his bodyguards have been collecting his excrement while on foreign trips to stop people gathering information about his health. I thought you'd want to know that. <laughs> Did they collect his body waste in special packets? I saw that. <laughs> which are kept inside a dedicated briefcase until they return to Russia. They're top secret. Well, that, that they don't want foreign spies to uh, examine the feces for DNA. Yeah, and, yeah you and, can figure out a lot we, about a person. Sure, you could determine if they have certain uh, illnesses, if they're getting certain treatments, if they have a genetic predisposition. Uh, I think Joseph Stalin used to do this with uh, Chairman Mao years ago. Oh, really? They would steal his poop, yeah. The Russian spies. Well, there is another country on the planet that does as much as California does, if not more, when it comes to things like COVID and climate change. And we'll tell you the most absurd, ridiculous, fun story of what they're doing next. You'll find out what the where the country is, what they're doing. But if you think about COVID-19 and the lockdowns, this was one of the most oppressive countries on the planet. And they're also leading the way when it comes to climate change. We'll give you all this coming up here at 5.05. Well, coming off the heels of the big baby formula shortage, we have another shortage that's getting a lot of attention. And it comes from the category of feminine care products. Yes, Mm. folks, apparently there is a big tampon shortage. Um, I I hadn't noticed that, but... uh... Well, I don't think you're shopping for them too much. Not anymore, no. Well, at least you can have an alternative with that one. What would, what? The, what would the alternative be? Pads. Oh, I see. Oh, is yes, that you're right. Women are doing, or well, I'm just saying, if, I, if they're if you can't find a tampon, then you can. Yeah, you, know, you have to deal with pads. I I think she should take over this one. You and I are clueless. Uh, I don't yeah. know. What, I don't know what goes on down there. I. Uh, you bleed. Well, that I know. It's just odd the way this whole thing has worked. Why just certain things like unique things like tampons are suddenly not to be found. I remember at the beginning of this, it was toilet paper. And we all mused over that for months. Remember? Well, no that, that was a hoarding problem with the toilet paper. This Could is this be the same thing. This or? is the raw materials. Where did they come from? Is it another China thing? Or? I, I don't know. I don't know what are they made of. What are the raw materials in a tampon? They, uh... <laughs> Eric, come on, you're falling asleep there. I, I'm. I mean, I'm guessing it's plastic and just cotton. Very good, Eric. Thank you. So there's a shortage of plastic and cotton. Plus uh, the, the. But there few... are many products made out of plastic and cotton. So why uh, this one? I don't know. This story out of the Washington Post says it's raw material costs are soaring, yeah. fuel, labor shortages, and an embattled, an embattled supply chain. An embattled, embattled supply chain. It says yeah. da- data on the shortage is patchy, but scarcity and inflation have been reflected in price increases. The average cost for a package of tampons is up nearly 10% in the past year, and the pads have risen 8.3%, the ones that... Right. Well, they get more expensive. They get more expensive, but the, the the shortage is what the issue is. Yes. Oh, and product recalls have hit a 10-year high. Oh. oh. <laughs> I mean, they can't even manufacture a tampon. How hard is that? 
I mean, it's it's a thing that just absorbs. My daughter, now, my daughter, just as an aside, graduated from college over the weekend, and so I had a little party for her, and I went to go get balloons. And apparently, we have a helium shortage. Oh, that's been around for a few years. Yeah, that's been around for a while. Yeah. Right? Okay, I didn't know I've gotten balloons many, many times over the past years, and now no. all of a sudden, I. I don't know. They ran out of helium. Okay. You're right. That, that is to, aggravating. Uh, that is aggravating, though. It is. When you have a party planned. Yes. Nirav Patel, president and chief executive of something called Bristlecone, a supply chain logistics company. It is raw materials that include cotton, rayon, and plastic. Hmm. It's been squeezed in recent years by the rush to produce medical essentials in the pandemic. Supply challenges are heaping problems on producers. Oh. All right, so the plastic and the rayon and the rayon and cotton—it's being used for other. Uh... Yeah, but those are pretty common ingredients in many medical supply things. So it's apparently having and an effect. I got to mention the NPR thing. Yeah, I said that's going to be the kicker, right? Yeah. So NPR sent out a tweet about the tampon shortage. <laughs> Tampons, a necessity for many, are becoming harder and harder to find. People who menstruate are saying it's hard to find tampons. People who menstruate, not women, people who menstruate. Because there are, I have to do this every time. There are people who menstruate who do not count themselves or consider themselves women. Uh, really? They have identified as men. What? Yes. What? What's but the... they still have those parts. What's the body part down there? But, but they don't care what the body part is. They want to be called a male. That's... Or maybe they want to be called non-binary. But the thing is, the word woman... This is really bizarre. It's being like drummed out of the uh, vocabulary by oh, this crowd. Oh, it's not the only thing, right? Yeah, but it's like everybody's looking for neutral. They want everything to be neutralized. Uh, who is? Do you know anybody who's, who's the toxic male has caused all this? I don't so know. The response any... is we're gonna. You're not gonna just reduce us to a gender and a type. I, I don't know any woman who doesn't use woman to identify themselves. You haven't met any. A woman who people? doesn't use. Uh, 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 the word woman to identify themselves. I've never met one. Have you? I, I don't talk to people about how they identify themselves. Well, so that's really... just it. It's just assumed. Right. I... <laughs> because they have... Uh... I just call people by their name. I don't say, you know, hey, woman. <laughs> well, I mean, sometimes they refer to themselves as being a woman, right? In in uh, some way. I guess. I... Uh, 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 that uh, that uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez said this in public the other day. Um, uh, it was about an abortion bill. Uh, this is about making sure that someone like me as a woman or any menstruating person in this country. Well, at least she separated the categories. Oh. She gave uh, women their own uh, their own lane there. Menstruating right, we got, person. We got more Nobody wants to be known as that. Well, that's just a short nobody's, nobody's going to come up to you and say, Hi, I'm a menstruating person. <laughs> Jesus. All right, more coming up. John and Ken Show, Deborah Mark has the news, KFI AM 640. Hey, Ken, did you know that gold is the only currency that's held its value since the dawn of money? Well, I did. Thanks to our friends at Legacy Precious Metals, the most trusted name in gold investing. Investing in gold protects you against inflation and gives you a hedge against stock market volatility. Don't leave your retirement to chance. Call Legacy Precious Metals today at 
691-2173. Or download your free investor's guide now at buylegacygold.com. That's buylegacygold.com. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.